Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Movember Radio. I'm Osha Ginsberg. This is a weekly podcast focusing on men's health and the issues that men face today. Movember is a community of over 5 million men and women all around the world who are passionate about changing the face of men's health. And each week on this show, we speak with somebody from that community. If you like what we're about, you can follow us at Movember on Twitter. Subscribe to this podcast. Do it in your phone right now. In the favorite podcast app of your choice, just type in Movember Radio. Find us at MovemberRadio.com. Search for Movember in Facebook. You know where we are. Um, this is a great one today. Our guest today is Craig Cooper, a former pro surfer and skateboarder from New Zealand. He moved to the US at the age of 38 to co-found Boost Mobile USA. Yeah, that incredibly successful company. Craig's a MoBro. He's a large fundraiser, he's a successful entrepreneur, and he's a passionate advocate for men's health and fitness. Craig's just written a new book, Your New Prime, 30 Days to Better Sex, Eternal Strength, and a Kick-Ass Life After 40. That sounds pretty good. It's out now pretty much everywhere, and that book is a testament to Craig's own health journey, which he and I will go into through this discussion. This is a two-parter, so this is part one. If you like what Craig has to say, don't fret, there will be more. Enjoy the show. Craig, how are you today? I'm fantastic. Unreal. Sitting here in sunny California. Sunny California. Can you tell us where in the world you are today? I'm in Newport Beach, which is about 45 minutes south of uh, Los Angeles. And what kind of community is Newport Beach? Well, there's a few communities. There's Old Newport, which is the sort of traditional surf community. And then there's New Newport, which is kind of like, I suppose, guys like me who live behind gates in gated communities and, you know, McMansions. <laughs> I guess it's interesting out in the lineup then between the two people. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, uh, you know, if, given Australian analogy, it's like the Holdens versus the Range Rovers, I think. I think anything versus the Range Rovers works internationally. That's right. <laughs> You've written a, a very interesting book, Your New Prime, a lot's to be said about the prime of your life. In the past, what's the general agreed upon definition of the prime of your life? Well, I think it was always in your 30s. That was the traditional approach to it. And so what I've tried to do is redefine that because traditionally, you know, guys in their you know, 40s and 50s, as you move through that sort of midlife period, you're either seen as put out for, to pasture by, you know, third parties or as an individual, you're sort of challenging, you know, the next years of your life and whether that's in the form of a midlife crisis or whatever that might be. But it's certainly not traditionally seen as a, physical, mental, 
or, you know, sexual prime of your life. And particularly for guys like me, and I'm 52, uh, I'm trying to redefine that. I'm trying to reframe the midlife, let's call it crisis, as one of opportunity in terms of how you thrive forward in life and not just slip into complacency. So in, in the past, what you're saying is that the prime of your life was when you were most physically capable of putting into action your desires, most financially capable uh, and most you know, sexually capable of satisfying yourself, your lover, and you know, being as much of a, of a man to your community as you could be. Yeah, for sure. And I think it was one, it was a period of, of opportunity and future opportunities as well, because everything was ahead of you, right? And, you know, that normally coalesced, you know, in your sort of early, you know, to mid thirties. And, you know, after that period, kind of things get set. Traditionally, you see is that you slip into complacency in your relationships and your physical health, um, how you look after yourself, how you define your friendships, everything that you surround yourself with is kind of set. So it's not seen as a period of, you know, at the starting line or one of growth or one of, you know, expansion. Uh, that's what I'm trying to redefine. Right. Well, let's just, before we get there, let's just say, say, for example, we were still working in the old, old terminology. What would you say people would have said was the prime of your life? Like my life? Yeah. Personally? Yeah. You know what? I have two, um, two periods that I, uh, that I think were sort of defined me. And one was, you know, in my early teens when, you know, I left New Zealand when I was 14, uh, didn't even finish school, went to Australia, surfed and, um, Eventually went back to the University of Sydney when I was 21 after doing, you know, TAF for a couple of years and did economics law. So that was a very, very high growth, economic, economically high growth part of my life. And, you know, it was a very sort of professionally challenging and, uh, you know, sort of thriving period for me. And then I think sort of in my mid-30s as well, when I came out to the U.S., well, I think later 30s, um, I arrived here when I was about 38, 39, and I'm 52 now. Um, I co-founded a company called Boost Mobile, which was a telecommunications company we brought out here and um, we set up in 2001. And that period, I think, for me, um, as someone who was an entrant into the U.S. business market at a time when there was massive growth here, um, you know, up to the financial crisis, was just a, you know, a real sort of redefining of myself sort of personally and professionally. And then sort of thirdly, I think sort of as I hit sort of my mid-40s and into my 50s when I started to sort of coalesce my sort of parallel paths of my two passions, which were sort of business and wellness, and sort of relaunching sort of my, um, you know, I wouldn't say career, but relaunching basically my, my passion around uh, men's wellness and sort of seeing that is really what I want to do for the rest of my life. So obviously, I mean, there'd be few people in North America, certainly Australia, who have not heard of your telecommunications company, Boost Mobile, certainly through, even if they're a customer, or certainly through their sponsorship of very high-profile uh, sporting uh, events right around the world for the last few decades. What lessons have you taken from that into this kind of quest for, for spreading the word about wellness? Well, it's a very good question, but I think off the top of my head, I would say the focus on uh, sort of vitality and energy, because when you look at what we did with Boost, we took a very, um, very vanilla product in cell phones and created a, a marketing and services company around that, which was 100% focused on youth, whether it's you know skateboarding, surfing, uh, motocross, uh, snowboarding, we basically owned action sports in the United States. So really, I remember, you know, and I was a professional skateboarder in New Zealand, and I remember in sort of my late 30s, sort of, you know, early 40s, 
skating against guys in the office who were like, you know, in their twenties. And it was kind of like, you know, old school, new school. And, um, so, you know, to be surrounded and I think, uh, driven by younger people is, you know, as I talk about in my book, it's a sort of, it's a small part of sort of reestablishing yourself and your tribe, as I call it. And I think boost was a big part of that because it was, you know, and I think just for the reason that it was such a energetic and sort of fight, you know, company filled with vitality. What's been your personal path to writing your new prime? So two things drove me down this path. One was uh, frustration, and that was born out of really frustration of the U.S. healthcare system. You know, we're all in the U.S. treated as basically sort of one individual um, entity, and that's the man, right? And so it doesn't matter whether you're a you know, five-year-old or a 55-year-old, all the health advice and everything that sort of comes down through the funnel is really, you know, very singular, uh, very uniform, very generic, whether it's, um, you know, the studies on red meat and cancer, which just came out yesterday, or studies on supplements or how X might affect, you know, arthritis, whatever it might be. We're a very singular, generic group. And so I got very frustrated that us as men, and particularly guys in their 40s and their 50s, weren't really getting the information that we needed. And to the contrary, there was so much disinformation that was hurting a lot of men uh, in terms of, you know, what drives their wellness because, you know, we're not 20 anymore. You know, the things that don't matter for us, Oscar, are, you know, biceps and abs. You know, that's it's great to be in shape and I'm, like, passionate about my wellness, but, but it doesn't matter as you get, um, you know, into your 40s and 50s. What matters is... You know, not jacking your back when you're playing with your kids or getting the groceries out of your bag, out of your um, your car or, you know, being mobile, being strong, you know, having endurance to be able to get through life and thrive. It's not about, you know, just getting jacked. And most of the most of the marketing, particularly, as you know, in the U.S., um, it's all dumbed down to the kind of I call it the get jacked market, whether it's, you know, men's health, men's fitness, any of the magazines on the newsstands. It's all the same. It's ads and arms. And for girls, it's butts and, you know, thighs. So it's a formula that works, but it's very generic. So we have very specific needs, and those needs are sort of driven towards being sort of vital and thriving through in life, sexually, mentally, physically, and whether that's, you know, sexual health, mental health, dealing with the midlife crisis, specific nutrient needs, specific dietary needs, specific exercises that help us, some exercises that hurt us. I saw a very strong need for a voice for that community. And then secondly, um, you know, I was driven out of my own personal experience. I mean, I'm, you know, not a doctor, but I, you know, I play one on TV and I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a passionate patient because, you know, I've had a, you know, a lifetime of very significant disorders and most of them have been inflammatory. You know, I was in a coma when I was nine. I had nearly lost my leg when I was 11. Um, I had heart surgery when I was, um, when I was, um, 18. And then about 12 years ago, just on a routine, what's called a PSA test, a prostate specific antigen test, I you know, found out that I had um, this thing called high grade PIN, which is prostatic interepithelial neoplasia, which basically means you got a, you know, 10, sorry, about a 30% chance of getting prostate cancer in 10 years. So for me, and I don't know what I can say on your podcast, but it was like, you know, F that, you know, I'm not going to have a life of you know, erectile dysfunction or incontinence and um, everything that's sort of driven down that treatment path. So I got put through a very traditional path of biopsies and uh, multiple treatments, basically driven towards 
finding cancer. And every time I went back, Osha was like, okay, let's maybe we'll find it this time. It was like, it was like a challenge for the, you know, oncologist to actually find cancer rather than, you know, impart any, you know, preventative wellness through diet, nutrition, whatever it might be. So I did a, I did a number of things. I started a whole bunch, you know, I was fortunate that I could start a whole bunch of companies specifically focused around sort of men's chronic health disorders and particularly things which, uh, which I was passionate about and which um, are huge markets in the US, you know, uh, you know, male andropause, testosterone deprivation, um, uh, you know, prostate cancer, all the prostate disorders, mental health and the like. So that became my passion. So I've, you know, kind of just sort of driving down that path, really the last sort of, you know, 10 or 12 years. And I'm surrounded by about 15 or 16 advisors and I've got the best of the best on my boards and, you know, my my medical team is the best of the best, some of which are in, you know, very close to Movember, like Skip Holden from um, from Prostate Cancer Foundation and Mike Milken and those guys. So that really drove me down my path. And the book was really just a natural extension of that. It's really the consumer platform to get out to men, you know, the tools, tricks and, you know, techniques to sort of stay vital and thrive as you age. You mentioned before that you, uh, you got that PSA test and the results were quite striking. Uh, yeah. You're a successful man and yet bad news is never good to hear. How, how did you talk about those results with your family? Um, you know, at the time, uh, you know, it was very difficult. Um, I don't think, I think my kids were sort of like five and six at the time. Uh, or maybe a little bit older, so I, I don't think they were aware at all. But for me personally, it was a it was a very tough period because you know you're hanging in the balance through biopsies and that um, that whole um, diagnostic process. And I remember breaking down like the second time I had a biopsy, and I was waiting for the for the results to come through. I mean, I was that I was that elevated, Osha, that you know when I was told that it was you know once again uh, negative for cancer but positive for PIM. Um, I, I, I'm, I can remember, you know, breaking down sort of in tears in my office because it was just, to me, it was just the most frightening thing that I could face. And I hear that across the board from all my advisors and everyone who, that I'm involved with um, since then, and particularly in the medical community. When you're told you have cancer, um, you know, you can hear a pin drop because, you know, you don't hear anything else. You just go laser focus in on the fact of that C word. As a businessman, you would have kind of explored that a bit. I mean, someone who's successful in your field obviously follows the money when it comes to making a deal. So I'm sure that, you know, that, that sort of thing would have crept its way into when you were exploring treatment options. Yeah, I mean, because I had a local urologist. I did not have a, um, uh, you know, any depth into that, that community like I do now. So I was with, you know, a very generic urologist up in uh, here in Newport Beach who wanted to put me through that system of, you know, multiple biopsies. And uh... a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Um, you know, eventually I just said, you know, you know, if, if that, I need proper help. I really reached out to my community and, you know, people in the business world. Got put in touch with Michael Milken, who put it, Skip Holden from Prostate Cancer Foundation. He's looked after me since then, so I've been very fortunate. And so obviously you, you did all these decisions, these, these kind of alternate pathways, constantly keeping an eye on those PSA levels, though. Yeah, I mean, my PSA, and what I've really come to is that my PSA still, when I was diagnosed, it was about five, and if you're normally diagnosed with a PSA of five, you know, 90% of the time you're rushed into surgery. Um, you know, for me, what I've discovered, you know, in going forward is I just live a, and I genetically have this, I have a natural inflammatory lifestyle and it's driven a lot of my predisorders in my earlier life. But normally if you've got a PSA between four and five, that's definitely above normal and you're on a, you know, very high watch list for prostate cancer. You're obviously a fit guy. You know, this is radio, but we're talking to each other over a Skype call. Like, you know, if, if I look half as good as you when I'm 52, which is only 11 years away, I would be very, very happy with that. What is the reaction of your peers, other men that you might meet in a business situation when you tell them how old you are and they, in that moment, consider their own lifestyle choices and what might have led them to be obese or out of energy or, or the like? Look, it's... Um I mean, it, there's, there's two sides to it. One group of people are scared and they're scared about the message because there's a lot of scary things in the message because, you know, uh, going out there, I'm not going out there and, you know, painting a pretty picture about, um, you know, about the state of men's health. I'm being very realistic and honest around the things that face us as we age and basically saying if you don't do something about it, then there's a very serious process that's going to start evolving as, as you move forward in life. And in order to do that, I have to be aspirational because if I was overweight and I didn't live the lifestyle that I did, um, it would be like, who is that guy, right? Um, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, a huge critic of the health and wellness industry because there are so many people in it who basically, you know, don't walk the talk and who don't aspirationally live that lifestyle. So it's very important to put yourself out there. And it's surprising how much, since I've put myself out there, I'll show how much of my you know, not only just my immediate concentric circle, but those sort of wider concentric circles in my sort of social group who have really opened up. I mean, I literally have, I literally have someone very close to me every one or two weeks call me asking to come up and have a meeting randomly. And when they walk in that office with their wife, I know exactly what's going on. And I have, I have about seven very close friends at the moment who all have prostate cancer. Five of them, five of the seven, have never been tested before. So they got into their 50s and had never had a PSA test or, you know, a digital rectal examination. Uh, they had no diagnostics throughout their whole life. And so for me, um, that's one of the strongest things that I put forward because I advocate very strongly for very early PSA testing, even in your 30s, because so many men in their 30s are getting prostate cancer. Even if you don't have cancer at that age, for me, like it did when I was 40, it gave me a dashboard in order to reassess my life and how I was going to live my life going forward in order to pre prevent evolving into sort of full-blown cancer. Once you started getting into this new prime mindset, what are the differences that you've experienced now you're sort of focusing on this, this new prime? You know, it's, I'm trying to get a mindset of health across to men. And it's not just to being, about being health conscious. It's about 
this, the daily things you do, the thoughts you have, the food you eat, how you move, and how that impacts you from the point of men's health. And, you know, it's not just about going to the gym for 45 minutes to an hour in the morning and then just forgetting about the rest of the day. This is a, this is a, this is a lifestyle of wellness. You know, the problem is the things that creep up on us are a gradual accumulation of a lifestyle. And so I'm trying to impart a lifestyle which is going to lead to one of, you know, thriving and wellness and vitality. So in terms of my day, that's really how I try and live it. From the moment I wake up, from my mindset when I wake to um, how I lead the first sort of one and a half hours as I'm out of bed through to how I get to the office, whether I ride my bike or I run or whatever it is, to um, how, mo how mobile I am throughout the day. I'm sitting now for this interview, but, um, you, know, I've, you know, I've had a very mobile day in the office. I've got three stand-up desks here and I move as much as possible. So it's certainly, I mean, I live the lifestyle that I'm trying to uh, put out there to men, absolutely. It's many things. I mean, there's a lot in the book, but, you know, all I want to do is to give, you know, a small set of tools. And if you make gradual changes, it's going to have big results. Some guys might be listening to this and hear you and go, great, this is awesome. What's the first thing I do? What's, what's the thing I can do today? Well, I think the key things, I mean, there are big rocks, there are small rocks, and there are, there are things that you can do liberally once you've got everything else in place. And it's, it's easy to say, you know, diet, exercise, and lifestyle, but within, within those boxes, there are key things that, from the point of view of 40-year-olds' men's health, which are you know, even more important or more important than when you're sort of in your 20s and your 30s. So from the point of – let's take a couple of buckets. Nutritionally, um, you have to eat different. Uh, protein is a lot higher component of, of your diet, and you know, I strongly advocate plant proteins over meat proteins uh, because as we age, we lose a lot of muscle mass – and, you know, it's important from the point of view of strength training and, you know, so many things. So protein as a proportion of your plate becomes, you know, much more significant. And I'm not saying it's a high-protein diet. I'm not saying it's a low-protein diet. It's when you look at the evidence around dietary impact on, uh, you know, 40- and 50-year-old men, you know, it's neither low-carb, low-fat, or low-protein. Uh, Neither of those have that much of an impact. Each of them has a significant impact in terms of fats, for example, brain health, sexual health, metabolizing testosterone, carbs are a big component of it, um, and proteins from the point of view of um, you know maintaining musculature and, and the like. And there's lots of other components to each of those, but those are the key ones. So there are very simple things we can do as we age. I mean, sleep is fundamental. I mean, and it sounds, I know sort of very low-hanging fruit, but everything is metabolized when we sleep. Your human growth hormone, your testosterone, uh, your cortisol is reduced. On the flip side, if you don't get enough sleep, your liver fails, everything basically starts to, to crumble around it. So, you know, if you drink too much alcohol, it affects your liver. You're in a battle with estrogen and testosterone. You become too estrogenic, have a high risk of prostate cancer. All this stuff starts to sort of collapse I advocate fasting one day a week, Osha, which I do normally on Tuesdays, um, and it's just a 24-hour fast. Um, you know, surprisingly, most people would think you're weaker and have less energy after doing that, but it's completely the opposite. You're mentally much more alert. Your body is on sort of supercharge. Everything that you want to happen happens. You have better sexual health. Your testosterone's on fire. Human growth hormone's up. You lose weight. The hunger hormone goes down. Inflammation goes down. It's a you know it's a key part of a you know a weekly. 
program. So, you know, there are components. There are lots of individual things you can do. I'll give a pitch for my book. It's all set out in the book. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's perfectly fine. You did touch on something there, which gives me a little clue as to some way that you have not only built the health that you have now, but built the company that you have. I mean, a lot of people, they may not be running a giant multinational, you know, telecommunications company, but they all want to do the best at what they do and do the most effective work. Can you just take me through big rocks, medium rocks, and little rocks? Yeah, so big rocks are the things that, uh, it's taken from Stephen Covey's, you know, the seven habits of, you know, successful people. And so, you know, his analogy is like when you're trying to fill up a jar, jar with rocks, you know, start with big rocks. And, uh, you know, you don't start with the sand because once you put the sand in, you can't get anything. And so put the big rocks in, small rocks in, you know, the, the sand is really, you know, the, the stuff that you can sort of do liberally, like, you know, supplementation and, and the like. So when I go through um, the sort of things that, you know, men need to do from the point of view of, you know, dietary big rocks, is, which is where I use this um, analogy. You know, we talked about protein. Um, you know, obviously, you know, your fruits and vegetables, you know, it's a given, but more focused on the vegetables and the fruits, which are, you know, very high glycemic, you know, and as we age, particularly in the U.S., we have to be very mindful of adult onset diabetes, which is an epidemic here. So uh, people are surprised how much sugar is in fruits. And, you know, I talk about healthy fats, uh, the section in nutrition, which are extremely important as we age as one of the big rocks. So, you know, the MCT oils, the medium chain triglycerides, which you'll find in, um, you know, coconut oil, for example, and avocado, which, which, you know, have huge clinical studies around, you know, brain health, sexual health, uh, fats are required to metabolize uh, vitamins A, you know, K and E and the like. So, you know, fats are a huge compo component of that. Um, you know, the, the sort of like the smaller rocks are kind of the fun things I point out. Like, you know, I eat on small plates, for example. Um, I use small utensils. It's kind of, you know, it sounds kind of wacky, but all the studies say you eat less when you use small plates. Um, so you've got to eat less, more protein as a proportion of your plate, but less food uh, in general. As we age, we also also need about sort of two pounds, uh, sorry, about a, uh, a gram per pound of protein as we age. So I'm 180 uh, pounds, so I eat about 180, you know, 200 pounds, uh, grams of protein a day. You know, all the studies are about a third of that. But most of those studies, as I alerted to when we started, 20-year-old people who don't exercise, who don't sort of do anything. So, you know, really, there's a lot of things you should be doing, some things that you do your best to do, and then there's a whole bunch of things that you know, do if you've got time. A lot of, uh, we've talked a lot about nutrition now. You know, we've been talking on and off, you and I, that you mentioned uh, getting up in the morning and, and the focus that you have when you start your day. What role does mental health play in your methodology of your new prime? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a key component because if you take sort of the big picture of, of mental health, there's the mental health aspects of reaching middle age and dealing with the midlife crisis. And that's one component of it. And that's uh, many things uh, from the point of view of, uh, you know, dealing with your, uh, the struggles and everything that goes, you know, that everyone's faced with as sort of they move through in life and as they tally up their sort of, you know, their status in life, let's as we say, um, as, you know, you reach, you know, your 40s and 50s. And then there's the aspect, you know, the more serious aspect of mental health, which which we're seeing uh, become at uh, sort of more epidemic levels here in the U.S. And by that I mean, you know, the level of, you know, 50-year-old plus suicides, 
the level of suicides amongst the entrepreneurial community up in Silicon Valley. You know, even when you look at the 20 and 30-year-old, 30-something-year-olds in Silicon Valley and the rate of suicide of founders um, up there, it's just ridiculous. So, you know, there are an extreme amount of pressure put on all age groups across the board that are driven by many things. And, you know, and a part of that is, you know, laid to blame on, you know, the social pressure through social networks and the like, which we all face and live in because everyone's life is perfect. And, you know, we're led into this false environment around, you know, our social communities and our friendships and the people that, you know, who, you know, we think are our peers and equals. And No, it's, it's the greatest hits. You're watching the you're watching the highlight reel. It's like you're watching Sports Center of someone's life. Whenever you turn on Instagram, it's not the real thing. It's bullshit. It's totally. It's the highlight reel. It's absolutely. Unfortunately, that's uh, it's creating a lot of social problems. You know, I look at mental health in my book from the point of view more of the midlife crisis and how we get through that from the point of um, from the point of reinventing yourself, reinventing your relationship, reinventing your career, and treating it as a period of opportunity. Uh, to reignite your personal passion in terms of where you want to be in five, ten years, reigniting your relationships and how you want that to evolve. I very, very strongly argue in favor of, you know, reassessing and rebooting. If you're in a long-term relationship like I have been, you know, I've been with Maria for 35 years. We've been married for 27 you know, and that's not easy. So, you know, there are tools and tricks and, you know, around maintaining intimacy and passion because the alternative is you slip into this spiral downwards and that is when mental health becomes more prevalent and that's what I want to help men try and avoid. That was Craig Cooper. Thank you so much for being here. This has been Movember Radio. If you like what we did, you can subscribe in your phone right now. Just search for Movember Radio in the podcast app of your choice. We're also on SoundCloud, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You know where we are. This episode of Movember Radio was produced by myself, Oshie Ginsberg, with Lavanya Nagendran, Molly Hindman, audio production by Daryl Misson, music by Toehider. Thank you so much for being a part of it. We'll talk to you next time. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. 
That's stamps.com code program.